0: Hello, Chefs. This is Chefs PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natara. On today's episode, we're going to talk about getting the job and finding your career path. Stay tuned. So before we get started, I'm going to give you a brief update. For those of you that were listening last week, I was talking about kitchen rust and how I've been working at Tillys at Camp Lucy as the chef in residence, working in the kitchen with the team, cooking food, writing menus. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm still there through mid-November, so if you happen to be in the area and you want to go eat, go check it out. It's upscale dining. It's not tasting menu only, it's a a la carte restaurant. But it's fun, it allows me to cook. It allows me to see if I could still walk the talk, which I can, found that out really quick. Uh, It took me about three days. And then I was back in it, like I had never left. Well, it's like if I had never left two, two, until two years ago, right? I'm joking. But here's something new. I'm on Facebook now. So I really don't like Facebook, if I'm being honest with you. I like Instagram. I don't, I don't know what's up with threads. I don't think anyone's on there. It's like a, it's a ghost town. You post something, and a week later, someone likes it. Just one person, though. Thank you. Threads. I, th- I think threads right now, it's too soon to tell. But right now, it's not shaping up to the first week worth of hype when everyone's saying that X was dead. I don't think X is dead at all. Hopefully, Threads makes a comeback. Anyway, what are we talking about? We're talking about Facebook. I'm on Facebook now, so go Chef's PSA on Facebook. Don't message me on Facebook because I post in Ghost. I don't I don't hang out on Facebook because I don't really like it. If I'm being honest with you, it's not uh, it's not the most interesting platform. You know, if I was going to be honest, I would say X is probably the most interesting platform. It's like a dumpster fire. You don't know what you're going to see on there, but uh, Instagram is pretty pretty tame. You're going to see some pretty food pictures. TikTok's more of the same, but X is like wild west. You don't know what you're going to bump into there. But the chef community is not there. And I'm on, I'm on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it. So go find me there because even though it is exciting, the culinary community is pretty quiet. It's almost non-existent. It's like chefs don't have anything to say. What's going on? If you're not posting a pretty food picture, I know you all have opinions. I talk to you all. So if you want to move the industry forward, That happens with conversation. Go to ChefsPSA.com and get all the books, Culinary Leadership Fundamentals, Kitchen Art of War, Bad Sue Good Chef, Line Cook Survival Manual, and How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen. I also have some free eBooks, 100 Basic Recipes, Culinary Dictionary for those people that need a brush up on their terms, Critical Path to Opening Up a Restaurant, which was a companion guide to a two-part series that I did on this series. Chef's PSA Podcast, and the Food Cost Mastery Guide, which is also a companion to a three-part series I did on food costs. You should go listen to those. You should also download those free ebooks. No one else has given you this shit. Just me. You're welcome. Where's my thanks? Anyway, we digress. Let's get into it. I did an episode a while back about is the industry, the culinary industry, a sinking ship. I got a lot of commentary in my DMs, people emailing me, messaging me saying that this is a really important subject and I should expand upon it, but they also wanted me to expand upon the career path. So I figured today I would talk about the career path. And also, maybe if I could get in some people's ear and influence your decision, talk about how to leave jobs as well. We need to increase professionalism if we want the industry to get better. I don't have a magic wand. I can't wave it and give everyone a raise. That's not how this works. I'm just a chef podcaster these days but I can give you advice on things that I think would help the industry. Take an altruistic approach, not a selfish approach. So I get messages on the Q&A, so I do the Cigar Sunday Q&A on Instagram. For those of you that don't know, if you don't follow me on Instagram, every Sunday, about 6 p.m. Central Time, I do a Q&A where I smoke a cigar and I answer your questions. It's my opportunity to engage with the community. One of the repeat questions I get is, when will I know when I'm ready? Another one that I get is, is it better for me to work in this type of restaurant or this type of restaurant? Usually it's like fine dining versus casual. And half the time I have no idea what they mean by fine dining. A lot of people say they work in fine dining and I don't know if they do. I think it's just upscale dining or it's not casual or sometimes it's like upscale, maybe casual. But when I think of fine dining, I think of like tasting menu or white tablecloth, sommelier in the restaurant coursed out menus. That's what I think about when I think of fine dining. I think about it more in this form of service and ambiance than I do in food, because you could have amazing food in a casual setting, but that's not fine dining. Maybe it is fine dining. Anyway, we digress, where were we? And people also ask me how they should plan out their career. These are all good questions, I answer them a lot. and I feel like this is the number one question on a lot of people's minds is, where am I going with this? And I think that's where we begin. That's the most important question. What do you want to be when you grow up? In a lot of my mentor meetings, that's a question that I ask a lot of people is what do you want to be when you grow up? And some of the people that I mentor are not young kids. Sometimes they're my age or older and I'm still mentoring them. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's about thinking about that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? What is the ideal state in your career look like? When you think about what your maximum potential you could achieve is, what is it? That is the first step before you take any other jobs. And then I'm not saying you can't change your mind because you might work in other restaurants or you might see something or the industry trends change or sometimes you're forced into a situation and you change your mind. But if you haven't changed your mind, I think early on it's important to determine what kind of chef you wanna be. If you're still in culinary school, think about that. Do you wanna be a three Michelin star chef? Do you wanna have the best barbecue restaurant? Do you wanna be the chef of a cruise ship? Do you wanna be a private chef? Because they're all different. And once you determine what kind of chef you wanna be, working in different styles of kitchens doesn't necessarily get you closer. Yes, it's all cooking, you're working with a knife, pots, and pans, but culturally and systematically, a lot of these restaurants are different, even cuisine-wise. You're not gonna learn about barbecue working on a cruise ship, most likely, I don't. at least I don't think. So it's really important to be sniper-specific, and write down what your career goal is. What do you want to be when you grow up? Once that's determined, all your efforts should be made on working in those types of restaurants. Because if you want to be a three Michelin star chef, the only way you're going to learn how to become a three Michelin star chef is working in three Michelin star restaurants. If you want to be the best barbecue chef in the world, the only way that you're going to achieve that is by working in great barbecue restaurants. If you wanna learn how to become a private chef and run a private chef company, you need to get experience working for private chefs or in catering companies. All of that is relevant experience. And if you wanna be the chef entrepreneur, then you need to work under entrepreneurs to learn the business side of it. A lot of chefs make this mistake, they wanna be chef entrepreneurs, but only focus on the cooking aspect. And yes, the cooking is important, But if you're trying to have a restaurant empire, you need to have the marketing, business acumen, the financial skills that go with it. Because time spent working on the cruise ship is not preparing you to be the food truck owner. Work in that specific industry. Work in that specific category of restaurant. The next thing that you want to do is take action. A lot of people think about the type of chef that they want to become. And then they're too afraid to act upon it. They talk about it. They complain about it. They say opportunity has it knocked. They don't know anyone. They have no connections. You have to act on it. The person who acts has every advantage over the person who doesn't. I saw this quote the other day that was really good. Uh, so I'm going to steal it. It was, if you act now, in six months, you could have six months worth of progress. And if you don't, in six months, you'll have six months worth of excuses. Think about that the compounding effect of action is a superpower that a lot of people don't realize. If you wanted to learn a language and you know, I'm someone who practices a language every single day is I'm able to speak fluently in other languages because I practice them daily only for about 15 minutes a day, but I still practice them as opposed to the person who wants to learn it, but is waiting for the right time to take a class that they never take. And they have a bunch of excuses as to why they don't take it. The same thing applies in your culinary career. If you want to work in a specific type of kitchen, start messaging those chefs, Sending your applications, be willing to go work for them. Don't think you're not good enough because that's a trap in your own mind because trust me, you are good enough. There's There's bad cooks even in the greatest kitchens. Trust me, I have friends that work in some of the best kitchens in the world who tell me that their cooks aren't good. Just because they work in a great restaurant or they work under a great chef doesn't necessarily mean that They're also great. So don't think just because the specific chef or the specific type of cuisine might be out of your comfort zone or they're at a very high level that you're not ready. Trust me, there's someone in that kitchen that's also not ready, but they were unafraid to act. Take this example, two cooks in your kitchen, the best cook and the worst cook. The best cook in your kitchen is afraid to leave. And the worst cook in your kitchen leaves to go work in the best restaurant in the world. Let's just say Noma, for example. Now, one year goes by. The person's been working at Noma. Even though they weren't the best cook in your kitchen, they've been working in the best restaurant. They come back. Who's the better cook now? Who's the better chef now? Objectively, one would say the person who took the risk and went to the best restaurant in the world and worked there for a year, even though they weren't the best, versus the person who was the best cook in the kitchen. That's why I always say it's better to be the worst cook in the best kitchen than the best cook in the worst. Don't be afraid to take action of your career. You're in the driver's seat. You have to write the script. No one's going to come and save you. No one's going to come and do it for you. The next question that people always ask me is, when will I be ready? When will I be ready to take on the leadership role? When will I be ready to move up? Well, when you're planning your career, you should also plan out your career progress. I really would advise people to stay within a year or two years in position before they move on. In the old days, it was 18 months to two years before you could be promoted. And usually that was because It would take you about a year to get good at your job. And then, you know, the person that was investing their time in you would want their return on investment, their ROI, which would usually take about six months to another year. So I'm going to train you for a year, and then I'm going to get six months of you performing at a high level. So 18 months was typically the standard or two years. I get it. In today's world, that's probably not realistic. But still, I think at least a year in position or two years in position is good. I know sometimes I look at resumes and when someone's worked at places less than a year, I wonder how much they really learned there, and sometimes I'm reluctant to hire them. Not all the time. Sometimes there's very good reasons why they leave these restaurants. COVID's a good one. But other times people just leave these restaurants because they think they've learned everything they need to learn. And trust me, you haven't. You could continue to learn every single day from good services and bad services. Sometimes bad chefs and bad services, you could learn more from. You learn what not to do. You learn how to overcome. When you work in really good kitchens, and everything's just humming, sometimes you actually don't learn as much as you think you do, because you're never short-staffed, you're never out of ingredients, everything's always running smoothly, you're not really challenged with adversity. But when you work in tough kitchens, you're challenged daily. So maybe you're not learning about the most soignet or finesse food, but you're learning how to overcome difficult situations and deal with adversity on the daily. Which, like I said, sometimes that's more important, especially when you get into leadership roles. Towards the end of my career, people would always tell me, you're so calm. You know, The wheels could be falling off the bus and I wouldn't be freaking out. And they would ask me, how do you stay so calm in, in the chaos? And I would just say, I've kind of been in these situations before. I've experienced every single bad situation in a kitchen that people could throw at me. The call-offs, the pipe burst, the walk-in goes down, the order didn't show up, the menu rollout, whatever the case may be, I've experienced them all. So I don't really freak out. I'm used to it. I've been in tough kitchens, so I've learned a lot in those tough kitchens. So back to my point, I wouldn't advise you to jump ship immediately when things get hard. There might be some learning lessons in there for you. Now, if you've been working in a place and you're looking to get promoted and you're ready to move into leadership, but they're not moving you up, you might be missing something that you're unaware of. Or, look, let me be honest, sometimes they just don't like you. And if you're working in a place where they don't like you, it's going to be very hard to move up likability goes a long way. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it is, it is a fact. Put yourself in this position. You don't like someone, think of that person that you don't like. Are you gonna promote them to be your right hand so you could spend more time with them? I mean, there's someone listening right now like, I would, I'm very honest and ethical, I'm always fair. Okay, well you would, but most people wouldn't. And that's the reality of the world. So sometimes when you're not moving up, I think it's important to ask the chef why. And when they tell you why, write it down and take action on the things that they tell you. Now, yes, does it suck when you don't get promoted where you're at? Yes, of course it does. But that doesn't mean you have to stay. If you feel you are ready and you've been passed over several times, then go out and see if you are. Prove it to yourself. Prove everyone wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe you are ready. I don't know. Maybe the chef's right. Maybe you're not and you'll find out. But there's only one way to do it. Don't expect to be good in leadership roles immediately when you're thrown in. Some people are natural leaders, but for the most part, there's going to be a lot of things that you don't know. That's why you have chefs above you. You know, if you're a sous chef, you'll hopefully have a head chef above you that you can go to for guidance. So when you get into a tough situation, you can ask them. If you if your head chef is one of those people that don't like to provide guidance, hopefully you have a mentor. Every chef should have a mentor, and I probably should have mentioned that earlier in the episode. Find a mentor early in your career that could guide you once you determine what kind of chef you want to be when you grow up. They could help point you in the right path and make sure you're not wasting time getting experience in things that are completely irrelevant to what you want to do. The next point I want to bring up is when you leave. A lot of people leave jobs for money because they're going to get a dollar here. Or they're going to get a fancy title. And I can tell you that just because they're going to give you a little bit more money, sometimes it's not always worth leaving. Because I'm going to give you an example. Let's say where you're at, you're being mentored and you have a very good chef. And maybe you're not making 50 cents more like they're going to pay you at the other place. But at the other place, the chef's not going to mentor you. It's not a great environment. Why would you leave? If you're working for a great chef that's taking the time to mentor and develop you, not a lot of people have access to that. And is 50 cents worth the trade-off? I don't know. I don't know your financial situation. Maybe it is worth it. But I could tell you long-term, it's usually not worth it. You want to have someone investing in you. Anyone that's willing to invest in you and take their time and give it to you, listen and be thankful for it because not everyone has access to a chef that's willing to do that. So personally, would I leave a job for a few bucks more if I had a great boss? No, I would not. Because I know when you develop these relationships and if your boss is one of those movers and shakers that's going to move up as well and they're bantering you, when they move up, a lot of times they move you up, but they move you with them to the next restaurant. So their career growth is tied to your career growth, where the place where you may be going, that's not the case. So you gotta be smart about these decisions. Sometimes I've seen chefs latch to other chefs for an entire career and they keep moving up with them because the other chef keeps moving up and they like them. They'll take care of you. Why would you give that up? We should also talk about professionalism when it comes to leaving jobs. I think the standard is two weeks notice, right? If you're being professional, you should give two weeks notice, minimum. A lot of people give longer, a month, two months, three months. I think the higher up in the position that you are, the longer notice that's expected. I know when I left my job to retire, I think I gave them almost six months to a year notice that I was leaving. They knew, we had talked about it at length. They knew it was coming and I helped them through the transition. If you have a good relationship with people, you wanna help them through the transition. You don't wanna burn a bridge. Now, I know because I've posted on Chef's PSA, the right thing to do is give two weeks notice and people get really upset. Well, if they fire you, are they going to give you two weeks notice? Well, no, of course not. But you sometimes can also fire your employer, right? If you work in an environment that's toxic, abusive, unethical, you're going to just walk out the job, right? You're not going to show up the next day. If it is an environment that is just terrible, you're going to fire them on the spot. Well, the same thing happens. If you're that toxic abusive employee guess what sometimes you get fired on the spot too it's just the way it works but if you're working for good people and you want to remain professional and you don't want to burn a bridge you should give at least two weeks notice minimum now it doesn't mean that they're going to honor it and i know a lot of chefs are like once you give notice that's your last day i'm not like that i don't condone that but i know a lot of chefs think that way not my opinion but hey to each their own i would still offer the two weeks because i want to remain a professional. And when you're leaving a job, remember, they remember how you left. They don't remember anything that came before. They remember how you closed. Work your first day like your last day, as they say. Unless your first day sucked. Don't do that. Here's an interesting thought experiment that I heard. Two different people, both 60 years old. One of them was bad for 55 years of their life. Terrible person. And of the last five years of their life, they turned good. And did a lot of charity work, philanthropy, helped people. And then they died the other person was good for 55 years of their life and then turned really bitter and started stealing and robbing and hurting people the last five years of their life which one was the better person think about that for a second was it the person who was good for 55 years and bad the the last five or was it the person who was bad for 55 years and good the last five the interesting thing is when you ask most people they will say the person who was good the last five years of their life was the good person it's a very interesting thought experiment i don't know what you thought but most people answer the way i said so think about that if you're leaving a job what they're going to remember is how you closed out that's the final impression they get of your performance so you want to make sure you leave on a good note and trust me these bridges always have to get crossed again you're going to come across someone's going to call you up and say hey did you work with so-and-so you don't want to burn bridges don't be that person When you're early in your career, you think no one knows each other. They do, trust me. Everyone talks, we all call each other, we all send group texts, you know this person. Resumes get floated behind the scenes. It's like the black market of chef resumes. People are saying things about you, so you wanna make sure that they are saying positive things about you. Give a proper notice. And if you don't want to, hey, be prepared for the consequences, good or bad, right? Last thing I'll say when you're leaving a job, the grass is not always greener. Sometimes you're leaving a job because you don't like this person and you don't like that person. Or there's that one lazy cook and the server who rings in everything at once and pockets the tickets and the hostess eats the entire restaurant. So you think, well, I'm going to go work over here because they don't have those problems. Those problems are everywhere. The faces change, but the problems remain the same. The grass is not greener anywhere else. And sometimes when you're in a really good kitchen and if you've been there for a long time, you lose sight of how good that kitchen is. I know I like to believe that I run a tight ship. And I've had chefs that leave and then come back because they didn't appreciate it while they were there. But then they leave and come back and say, you know what? I really missed this kitchen. I didn't realize how good we have it. And I was the type of person, like, if I really liked you, I would always be supportive. Like, go. Go somewhere else. And if you want to come back, come back if I like them. And the reason I would do that is because a lot of times, like I knew they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. I knew how good the kitchen was and I knew where they were going and I knew that they might miss it. So I wanted to keep those doors open. I wanted to prevent them from burning a bridge. The grass is not greener. The same problems exist everywhere. Like I said, when you're in a good kitchen, you might not even be aware of it until you leave. There's an expression that a fish doesn't realize it's in water until you take it out and then it can't breathe. Just like we don't depreciate the atmosphere until we're underwater and can't breathe. things we take for granted now we started out the show with saying find out what type of chef you want to be when you grow up eventually you're going to achieve that and you're going to be that chef that you dreamed about what do you do when you get there when you get there enjoy the moment appreciate it don't be looking for the next thing right away and make sure you give back start mentoring your staff start teaching them all the things that you wish you knew on your journey if you're not developing the next generation then what, what are we doing if we're not helping them right? Especially if you're in a successful spot, make sure you're giving back. Anyway, that's it for today. If you want to support the show, you know what to do. Make sure you leave five stars. If you're on Spotify, nothing less than five stars. Leave it on other bad pod. This is a good podcast. Leave it on bad podcasts. This is a great podcast. Actually, if you haven't left five stars, what's wrong with you? What are you waiting for? Stop? Leave the five stars. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, like the video, comment, whatever, whatever you're supposed to say on YouTube. I'm still new to this. Go to chefspsa.com. You get the merch. You can get the books. It's hoodie weather. I have some hoodies at the Chef's PSA store. Thank you all very much. See you next week. Hit the porno music.